<laughs> yeah, we're rolling. All right, Cleveland Moto Podcast. We are doing it December style. Uh, we're going to go around the table. So to my left is... Johnny Chrome. And... Steve Hoffer. And... Dustin. And... Pete. Pete Hempling's back for a return engagement. Liked it so much the first time he came back. And because John Mecklefresh isn't here, we're probably going to make it all the way to the end of the podcast. So that was a fucking... Apparently. No, make it to the end. Yeah. It was a fucking meltdown. <laughs> Holy shit, that was a meltdown. So I launched that one already, right? Yeah, you did launch yeah, okay. it. So yeah, I launched right. this one real fast, too. Because we're going to talk about ICMA. We're going to talk about ICMA. The, uh, the Milan... English, What's that? Speak English. Right? ICMA. E-I-C-M-A. So it is the motorcycle show. What does it stand um, for? European? International something. Motorcycle. Convention. Motorcycle. Oh, automotive or something. Hey, they didn't make it for us. Uh, it's for them. But it is the premier event of the year. It usually takes place in November. Uh, it's in Milan. And all of the European manufacturers make sure that they're there. And it's a... There's a very high concentration of Italian manufacturers there. They all make sure they show up at this event. And they said that the distribution this year was about 46% Italian and about 54% everywhere else. Do they usually do it, what, early December? It's usually November. November. Yeah, it's usually November. November. That's the See, target time frame. It now, still I, every I, two years? It used, to be, it used to be every two years. That's a damn good question, and I don't know if I can answer that. I do need to go to Eichmann one of these days. I tried to get us to go for free this year. By selling more Moto Guzzi's, because the top two dealers uh, for each line got to go to Eichmann. Oh, that's yeah. good. We missed it by that much. We were only off by like four bikes. See, so, I have a good wow. chance of being able to make it there because my wife wants to go to Italy so bad. Yeah, there you go. Hey, honey, let's go yeah. to Italy in November. In November. It'll be beautiful there. It's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Well, yeah. it'll really be a good time to go when they leave the European Union because a dollar would be worth like four huh? billion euro. I mean, <laughs> is four it billion November lira. month yeah. vacation or whatever? No, August. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah August is when <laughs> is nobody's working right? in Italy. Right? Yeah, isn't that what lira? Lira? That was their lira. old currency. That was old lira, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'd be buying a whole drawer full for a quarter. Well, I've got, yeah, I got drawers full yeah. of money that's now defunct money. You know, all this I got. I bet you in my house I got about seventy-five marks. Yeah, yeah. I still have some marks too. Yeah. yeah, I got about seventy-five marks hiding around my house, all in the form of shrapnel. You know, two mark piece, five mark piece. I have Yugoslavian kind of coinage. Oh, really? Yeah, German, Italian, yeah. Yeah. Austrian. Yeah. Switzerland. You're going to throw that in your briefcase for your going back in time kit. Yeah. So you have <laughs> currencies that are valuable when you go back in time. Because if anyone has a TARDIS, it's Steve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, I asked everyone to take a look at the bikes that were at the Eichmann show and pick which ones they really were fond of and the ones that turned them on. The uh, I'll start, and I'll say that the Fantic, you know, which if anybody knows, you can look it up. We might throw some in the show notes, but Fantic is F-A-N-T-I-C. And they've been making dirt bikes and stuff for a very, very long time. They're an Italian manufacturer. And they've been revitalized. And the Caballero, now they've continued to make, Fantic has continued to make dirt bikes and trials bikes over the years. But they really got away from the street bike thing. And the Caballero comes in a 125, a 200, or a 250, and a 500. And God damn, that's a good-looking bike. As far as I'm concerned... You know, it is a very purpose-looking bike. It looks like it's meant to be what it is. I like the high pipes. I like the high dual pipes. I like the gas tank. I like the big front forks, the knobby tires. Uh, even as a 500cc, I probably wouldn't be interested in the smaller displacements because I do have to get to work in the morning. But the uh, fast, 
they're, they look cool. And it's, they said it's about 44 horsepower, and they said that they got the motor. Um, well, no, Husqvarna got the motor from KTM. But the, the motor, though, based on my research, is a Chinese motor. And that's, we always get into that thing. It's like, ah, oh, that's fucking scary, man. Like, you just want, when you buy a motorcycle, especially something like that, where if you did, let's just say you polished up all your underground connections and you paid off some shipping guy and you, you went over there on an ocean freighter and you paid, you know, $200 for your transatlantic passage and you got over there and you bought the bike and you snuck it into somebody else's container full of shit. And you got it back here to America because you ain't buying, you ain't bringing one of those over there. They're not being distributed in the United States. You can't go to your local uh, neighborhood, neighborhood fanic dealer. No, you can't go one. to your local. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what I did notice is that they're being sold in Italy alongside of the Mash, which is the Mash is that uh, Sunray or whatever it was that we talked about years ago, which was the 400 cc Honda clone that was like, uh, it, it, you know, it looked like the Honda CB 400. Have you ever made it here? Well, Genuine Scooter Company promised and promised and promised that we were going to have it last April, and then they said because they were going to upgrade the carburetor and get a a more like Euro three friendly carburetor on it, a Siemens German carburetor. fuel injection. I'm sorry, Siemens <laughs> German fuel injection. It the te- one I test rode had a German fuel injector on it. No, had a Chinese fuel injector on it, and it performed fine. Semen injection. Right, exactly. <laughs> but what they were going to do is, for the American market, they were going to put a higher-end, higher-quality fuel injector in it that would be more likely to be compliant for a longer yeah. period of time. That's a ju- You know what? That's a noble reason to, for me to not get a bike in April. No, it's not. Fuck you. The bike should arrive in April. That's my market. Don't tell me it's going to be here in August. But, but who designs a, a bike in 2016 right. to be compliant in 2020? Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, they don't care what it is. These bikes are already Euro 3 and Euro 4 right. compliant already in their home markets. And the bike is sold as the, the MASH, M-A-S-H, uh, in England, in France, in Italy. And it has a distribution network over there. And the Fantics are being sold alongside of those. So a lot of the dealers that carry that product carry that product. What do they have in common? Well, one is from China. The other one has a Chinese motor. There you go. That's what it is. That's what they have in common. And I looked in the prices, and the prices are not what we would call, well, look at the price. It's obviously Chinese. No, the prices are kind of high. You know, even the Chinese bikes over there are demanding pretty tall coin. Americans sometimes forget how good we have it. When you look and see what other people are paying for bikes in other countries, it's a little terrifying. We, we, we have it yeah. good in one way, yeah. that the prices are low. Mm-hmm. But... We have it uh, in a. It's bad because we don't get everything. That's We don't get everything that they have. Well, we have a much smaller market. Right. And more so in the past eight years. You know, in the past eight years, our market, after the crash of 2008, our motorcycle sales in the United States are only now, after eight years of recovery, our sales are still 50% of what they were in 2007. The sheer number of the volume of. Yeah, the number of the vehicles that are sold here is small. Yeah, and the percentage of that number is probably dominated still by the American V twin. Of course, that's it is. what the American market calls for in the most part. We've talked about the numbers, and yeah, Harley Davidson here, Harley Davidson has well over sixty percent of the market share, which means the whole rest of the planet has to fight for forty percent. So that's not a lot of BMWs. We're drinking Platform Brewing Companies tonight, Esther. 
the Belgian Christmas ale. Yes. Uh, yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Please Christmas. Give me a drop of that. And Christmas sure? isn't here. <laughs> Christmas, yeah. yeah that's right. Christmas didn't show up today. So the uh, Merry Christmas. Christmas. So that, that's the one I like, the Caballero, man. I think the Caballero just looks like fun. That thing just looks like I want to get on it, shake it by the scruff of the neck, take it out, and do wheelies until my arms fall off. Um, I concur like aesthetically. That's yeah. a beautiful bike. Gorgeous bike. Awesome. But I wouldn't trust it. Well, that's the point. I mean, <laughs> God damn it, man. Give me a Rotax motor. You know? Yes. Put stuff a fucking Austrian-made Rotax motor in there, something that I can be proud of. Raise the price $2,000 because you're putting an Austrian Rotax motor in there so I can buy parts for it from anybody. Put a Japanese motor in for that sake. For a thousand dollars more, put a Japanese motor in it. Exactly. Put, put Taiwanese motor in it. Well, that's true. Yeah, put, and put, I mean, this, this is that's the slippery slope, though. You start on that, and then yeah. pretty soon you're at the Chinese motor. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, doesn't Kimco make a lot of motors for Honda and Kimco BMW makes a, and a billion BMW. other people? Yeah, BMW. And, hey, I got bad news for you, man. If you've got an F F series BMW, your motor was made in Kim by Kimco. Yeah. Yep. And you know where it was made by Kimco? In China. Ooh. It was not made in Taiwan. It was made in China. The Kimco's very proud of their manufacturing center they have put up together in China that is specifically for that motor family. We have to all start saying China like Trump. China! China. <laughs> the, uh, but that's kind of... Are we at the point now where we have to go, fuck it, it's from China, I'm going to buy it because it's cheap, and then we'll see how long it lasts. I look at that motor, and even though it's a single, this is how bad it is, I think China might be capable of making pretty decent quality bicycles and probably mediocre weed whackers and leaf blowers, but I don't know if I trust them to make a single-cylinder, four-valve, water-cooled motorcycle motor. I don't feel confident with that. Yet, we are sitting here looking at the father of all complexity, my iPhone 6, that's sitting there, which is made in China. So, you know, if this works, and this works as well as it does having the, sum, the number of times I've abused it. I'll have to practice that. China. So this conversation China. could be about anyone from, anything from lawnmowers to vacuum cleaners, yes. telephones to microwave ovens. Right. It's all coming from China. Yeah. It's It's... If there's oversight there, I think they're capable of producing quality products. Yeah. But I think when you turn the your back, expensive. Um, I think when you turn your back, there's corners being cut. Yeah, we call that the quality shrink, and it is the quality well, shrink. They are gamblers. The first bet, they are. They, they are. are they're big gamblers, yeah, and they like to gamble on the yeah. fact that I mean that's yeah. money in their pockets yeah. if they you can cut a couple quarters, right? And nobody catches it. Right. He's a firefighter, so how much gear that you work with on a daily basis, when you talk about the gear that's in your rig and the stuff that literally has to work every time or people die, how much of that gear comes from China? I can't speak definitively, but right. I'm going to guess it's a very small percentage. Right. Uh, I know that our protective gear, I know that the rigs, I know that it, the saws we use, right. everything else, the uh, nozzles on the hoses, yeah. it's, it's all American-made. Right. And that's what we do, Maybe too. Western right. Europe. This is the thing. I, so when people's lives are on the line, you're not buying a Chinese product. You're not going, oh, we're going to buy this one because the quality is exceptional despite the fact that it's from China. We're buying this unit because it has proven itself to be the highest quality. Well, well check valve. I can tell you right now. Well, yeah. I buy American check valves made right. in Illinois. Right. And so you buy... we. Uh, you're on a job and they spec a certain thing and they give you Chinese check valves. Sure. 
they last about th- two or three years, and the casting mm-hmm. wear is softer than the brass. Yeah. And so the casting wears out, and then <laughs> once the casting wears out, then the valve is shot, and it has to be replaced. If you your shaft wears out, then you could replace the shaft. You machine a shaft, and you just put it in. But, uh, I hate when my shaft wears yeah. out. <laughs> oh, when you have to machine it. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst well. thing is when you have to machine no, it. No, that's, that's yeah. the fun part, machining it. <laughs> yeah. so, some uh, people need a big chuck, and some people need a really small chuck. You're dicking so. those. <laughs> the, uh, what... We've always talked about in our podcast here, we've never really known anybody. We, Because where we are geographically in the middle of this country, we haven't had the experience of anybody yet that had one of the CSC, California Scooter Company, uh, imitation BMW 250s. But your brother has one. Yes, he does. And I didn't know that. I had no idea that he bought one of those. We can bring it in any time. Okay. <laughs> well, what's, I mean, what's your well, overall well, you can't like, bring we should do a winter breakdown on it. <laughs> because it's like, it's a $4,000 bike by the time it's in his driveway. Yeah. He's had it for less than two years. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his mileage is on it right now, but yeah. um, he's happy with it. And when it, it runs, it runs great. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I keep telling him, one, it's going to let him down. Yeah. And I'm probably going to be with him when it happens. And it's gonna Which is going to fuck your world up, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because when you guys put together your TW200s, when you guys set up your Perry Dakar, or I'm sorry, your, your Galandastrasse, uh, <laughs> your Galandastrasse TW200s, you guys, I mean, you built those to be durable. You built that because you knew you were taking a Trailway 200, adding a lot of weight to it. And putting it through a fucking rough we abused duty them. cycle. We abused them, yeah. And they yeah, but survived. You, but you also had CT110s, right? 90s. 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 And, then, and so you had the original Honda Motors. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then didn't you replace them with, like, life fans or something? Yes, we did. Yes. And so what did? how did the original Honda Motors compare to the life fans that you replaced them with? It was great. when we. It was like a quantum leap when we... When we Put the Chinese motors yeah, on them. They were, they were faster. Yeah. We had got rid of that automatic transmission. Went to a manual clutch transmission and everything. And it was like this is great until they broke because they did break. You know, and every time you change the oil, the oil looked like uh, you know it had like a metallic sheen to it. You could just yeah. see the aluminum in it and everything. And he's just like that's the motor dying. You could see it every time you did an oil change. And yeah. one of them, the crankshaft snapped off on it um, when we were in Southern Illinois. We were, we were driving from Cleveland to St. Louis. We were literally at the halfway point of the trip. On CT90s? And the, the crankshaft snapped right <laughs> off the, the one motor. I think the flywheel was maybe a few grams out of balance or whatever. And it, just it just beat itself It vibrated until it just it snapped off. And it, it looking at the fractured crankshaft, it looked like a green limb that you, like, snapped. And that's it, a metal fatigue problem because it was. of it, and, but then when it was you, bitter. When you looked at it closely, you could look at the inside of the shaft and you see how porous the metal was. Yeah. So it, it just yeah. looked like crap metal. And that's China. That's and from the outside, good. you know, when you put the flywheel on the engine, right. it looked like nice, shiny, machined steel and everything. Mm-hmm. But when it snapped, you could see the inside and you're like, yeah. boom. It was it was like looking at a hollow bone with the marrow inside. You know, it just wow. was... It just, it and that's a catastrophic <laughs> failure. The so bike that's a cast, survived. though, right? That was a cast. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe they have an issue with polish. their casting. I, no, of course they have an issue, issue with their no, casting. No, but I'm saying maybe across the board, yeah. there's an issue with, the, like, the metallurgy yeah. I call something. it being in a hurry. I call it garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. I call it when you're putting together your batch of metal that you're casting, you're putting garbage into it. Or you heat it too fast, or you cool yeah. it too fast, or what, whatever. You're being that. in a hurry. The, the biggest problem we always had with anything from China... 
you know, in those dark days, you know, 2006, 7, 8, when we were starting to see the invasion of the Chinese products, we would see brake rotors that the fourth time you used them would warp. We were seeing axles that were warping. And it's just because there's no fucking heat treating in this whole goddamn country. And if they are heat treating it, they're heat treating it by, like, running it through the heat treater at, you know, assembly line speeds. So, you know, they can say, yeah, it's heat treated. You know, or they just, like, put a, a sheen on it to make it look like it's gold or anodized looking or there's heat discoloration there. Yeah. So you can go, look, this is a grade 8 bolt or whatever. And it's not. It's Velveeta. It's all Velveetas. That's why, that's why we're terrified. Your motor in your CT90 lasted 40 fucking years. Yep. Your Chinese motor lasted 40 days. Yeah, maybe a year, right? Maybe a year, okay. And how many miles? 2,000 miles? 3,000 miles? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, somewhere in there. So four or 5,000 miles crankshaft. So if you're you're willing to replace your motor every four or 5,000 miles... Sweet Jesus! No, I'm not. Economically, you're probably ahead of it. Yeah. But... Where's it going to let you down? You've got to mm-hmm. carry a spare, though, on your trip. Right, because when that crankshaft <laughs> sheared off... <laughs> James and I carried there a spare. We, we, we pulled over to the side of the road, and then, you know, we looked at it, and we just laughed and laughed. We're yeah. like, we can't fix this. You, you can't know? fix it. Yeah. yeah. This I, is not a user-serviceable component. The endearing <laughs> memory I have is I was riding behind him. We were on Route 50 in southern Illinois. Yeah. We are going through... The, it was a beautiful morning, going through these nice curvy roads, and I saw something fall off the side of his bike and I thought he lost like his glove or something yeah. or something that he had strapped in the back you know I saw something fall off and hit the ground and I was just formulating the words in my mouth because um, we had a bluetooth communicator I was going to tell him hey you dropped something and before I could even say that he said I'm losing power Yeah. and I was like <laughs> about that time I was catching up to his flywheel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crankshaft sheared off and the, the flywheel hit the ground right by his left oh, foot. Oh, fuck. It tore apart the side cover. Oh, he had to blow out it, the side it, cover. He didn't lose any oil or anything. Right. It was just like the plastic cover over the <laughs> chain. I mean, I'm glad he didn't lose a leg. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when the thing hit the ground, I mean, we were probably going, it was, the motor was probably running at 5,000 RPM sure. or something. That, the, the side cover was peeling out. It yeah. was leaving sparks on the pavement behind it. Oh, that's hilarious. It shot off the road. It went. Yeah. The, the, the flywheel went left to center. Dude, that flywheel's going to haul ass. It just lost 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went down through the weeds, down through the, like, overhill and over And I just started laughing because it, it really, it sunk in, like, exactly what was happening. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you don't even bother collecting up your parts at that point. No, no, no. Because okay. what were we going to do on the side of the road? It tore up the stator. It tore up, you know, everything oh, God. came with it, you know? So well, there's our, our friend Adam yeah. that uh, him and his buddy yeah. build those hot-rodded CT-70s. Yeah. They do the C- Cleveland mini bikes, yeah. Yeah, uh, same thing happened to him and yeah. uh, Putin Bay. Yeah. yeah. He, he totally grenaded his motor. Yeah. Yep. Grenade your motor 100 miles from home, not a good day. Yeah. So which bike did you like the best, Johnny Crone? Oh, I was gonna say that Honda, but that's not a that's not a real viable bike, is it? That's a, that's a you know that's the tough thing about Eichmann is about fifty percent uh, of the bikes that are there are concept. That's bikes. a that's a, a pipe dream. Yeah, but it's based on uh, honestly. I'll give you I'm the a, analogy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I, I'll, I'll surprise the shit out of you. Oh, the fucking no. Himalaya. I would like, I would like to see <laughs> one of them. Yeah, the Royal Enfield Himalaya. The Royal Himalaya. Enfield Himalaya. The Royal Enfield Himalaya. Yeah, which apparently is not going to make it. To this continent for another season. Yeah, they said they said maybe seventeen or eighteen for the UK. Seventeen yeah. for the UK yeah. for sure is what they're yeah. they're saying. It is now Euro four compliant. Mm. Yeah, I and just uh, have so many problems with that five hundred cc powertrain. 
Like we've seen so many this top ten failures. This one's different. This one's it's a completely redesigned engine. It's four ten cc. Really? Oh, yep, that's yep. good because that five thirty five was not. You only know, have eighty percent of the problems then, right? <laughs> <laughs> a reduction of twenty percent of the, it is the not operational the same, failures. It's not the it's same. It's not the same motor. Nope. Well, that'll be really confusing if you happen to be a Royal Enfield dealer because now you got more than one parts to drive. <laughs> Wait a minute. This Wait, is... let's take the one motor that works in all six of our motorcycles and introduce another motorcycle this engine the... to the parts stream that we're already having problems this with. This isn't the same as the other, you know, yeah. 50 years worth. Yes, exactly. Yeah, those, we we have had, we've had an undue number of failures on that fuel-injected 500cc pushrod platform that Enfield has. And it's, it's I just... I think it should be... Bulletproof because it's not really high compression. It's not right, but I think they've been doing the same thing forever. Yeah. You think they would have had it perfected? No, I now. think they have it perfected if you drive it in India. Okay, I think if you put Indian stresses on it, which means you're really never going over 45 miles an hour, and everything is short shifting. That's the way Indians drive it. I think the biggest problem that we saw here in this country with Enfields, and believe me, I sold enough of them and worked on enough of them to tell you, the problem is Americans like to rev shit out. We like to know what the rev line would be on the motor. If the bike doesn't have a tack, everybody knows where the rev limiter is, right? And <laughs> and these are definitely, it says the Himalaya Mary's, the new long stroke LS410, 400cc engine. I, it's blah, been, blah, blah. So, yeah. I mean, that's it's a, a, tor- a long stroke engine is a low rever that's. And even the 500 fuel yeah. injected motors are very, very heavy crank. The crank is beautiful. The crank's a nice, big, heavy crank. And that makes them almost impossible to stall when you're leaving a red light. The problem is when you get that bike to 75 or 80 miles an hour, they just fucking beat themselves to death. A lot of rotating mass at that Yeah, point. they really don't like it. And we could always tell that. The guys that buy them and just drive them gently and take it easy, it's very much like an Ural. If you buy an Ural and you go easy on it and just Sunday drive in the parkway kind of thing, they'll last you forever. But you take them out and try to go 75 miles an hour in them, back and forth to work every day, uh-uh. No, like I said, it's 60. It's Categories. a 50% chance of dying. It's 61, and there's a 90% chance. So. <laughs> you have a one-mile-an-hour yeah. safety zone. So the Himalaya. The Himalaya. That's the one I would, It's uh, cool. Of what I looked at today, yeah. that's the one I would like to put my ass on. Yeah. And check out. And check it out. See what it's all about. Yeah, I could understand that for sure. Hoff, what do you like? Okay, I have three. Oh, boy. But I have one that I picked you're, as my you're winner. You're taking the Chris Smith route. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeez. the first one I liked was the X80V. Okay, this is the Honda scooter. That's the Adventure uh, Scooter. The Adventure Scooter. Yeah. 750. And they based it on that street, the street city adventure kind of right. thing. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. good, it's good looking. Yeah, good I looking. Think. Yeah. No, but it looks like it has high quality. It looks like it has high quality components. When you look at yeah, yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. put together, it yeah. looks like it's, but it's got a DCT, so that got it, thrown out. It looks like the Transformer got, that got thrown out of the bar. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> but it, but yeah. it, it's kind of interesting as something new. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, and it meets the, it meets the Steve Hoffert criteria of being fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah. Are we sure about so that? My, my second choice. Oh, Honda dependability. Honda ADV scooter, probably. You just type that in, you probably yeah, get a picture X, of it. It's X ADV, and, and you'll get it. It looks a like a cross between a BMW GS yeah. and a Honda Ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. It's kind of. I think it looks pretty good. But. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. I saw that like six ah, months ago. 
There's been a couple of different prototypes. Let's take a little bulldog. So yeah. Well, the bulldog we talked about in a couple of podcasts ago, the, the Honda Bulldog, the actual Honda Bulldog, mm-hmm. is very attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Honda Bulldog's mm-hmm. dead sexy. 54 horsepower, DCT. Yeah. It uh, looks like when you're sitting on it, you're sitting on top of a telephone pole. <laughs> like your, your, your ass and your feet. It's almost like riding a tall bike. When I looked at that and I said, well, your, your feet are mighty high. Isn't that the street version, or is that the ADV version? They made a street version of it. Yeah, it's called... Uh, and then the X-City or something. Um, they made the street version, and then they turned the street version into the adventure <laughs> version. There's the adventure version. Is that ever coming to the U.S.? But it, it probably will not come I don't to think the it'll US. come yeah. here. We, there's no demand in the U.S. for scooters. It yeah. just isn't. Um, even when gas Says was, the man who sells scooters. I'm going to be the first one to tell you. When gas was $4 a gallon, I sold the motherfuck out of some scooters. But with gas being $2 a gallon, there's the combination is people are holding on to their money right now. They're not spending. So they're definitely not spending on new scooters, and they're definitely not spending on new scooters would, that cost I could see some riding one of those. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you know what? Show it to the people at home. That's the prototype. Put it right there. Can you see it? I would just as soon take the Piaggio X9 that we have in the back, do it in urban Make camouflage, yeah, make it run. It's, it always runs good for me. It just doesn't seem to run good for anybody else. So the uh, so then the Versus 300. The Versus 300, yeah, absolutely. Was my runner-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the bike I thought that I would actually consider buying yeah. was a CRF 250L Rally. Mm. Yeah, the rally looked good. And they yeah. increased the, I mean, they, they made it so that it's actually usable uh-huh. for the kind of riding that I do. Yeah, they increased the fuel uh, capacity. Okay. The thing hits about a 200-mile range. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they did everything that I'd like to do on a bike, and it's like a mini Africa Twin to me. I mean, yeah. it's not a twin, and it's right. not as versatile as that sure. because you're not going to be able to use it as a, like your, your daily. Well, you can use it as a daily commuter. Sure. It's just big enough to be a daily rider, yeah. and it's comfortable enough to be a daily rider, but it is... It's still a dirt bike. It's diminutive. It is like right. 230 it's still, cc's. I mean, it's, it's, it's 200 pounds bike. lighter than an Africa Twin. Well, yeah, and because it's yeah a dirt bike. <laughs> well, but what I'm saying is, I like the. I mean, right. I like this. I, I, yeah. It's big enough, but it's not too big for, right. for if you want to get into it. Yeah, as yeah. I hear all the time, that's a nice package. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so that would have been my choice. That's but. pretty cool. That's good, Dustin. What'd you like? Oh, I liked that Yamaha. Uh, what was the model? Seven. Was it the T seven? The T seven. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just they, they swooped the helicopter down when they were filming the Perry Dakar and grabbed that bike. They just the the video cameras. No, they morphed them together. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I really, literally, I, I really like that bike. And I don't, was that just a concept? Or it is. is. It is a concept, a concept bike. But, damn it! Uh, holy shit! You talk about a. You know, straight off the trail, straight off the time section. Take a KTM rally I, bike, trim the fat. Yeah. Uh, make Japanese efficiency. Yes. And yeah. uh, you get yeah. It's that. the Yamaha answer to KTM. Yeah. yeah. If I you mean, painted it orange, you could sl- sneak it right in. <laughs> and I, I've always loved the look of the Dakar bikes. Yeah. Too. yeah. You know, Absolutely. like the Africa Twins, kind of a, it's that has it that. It is Dakar. kind of interesting that I'm going to concur with Dustin right now. Yeah. The Yamaha. 700 cc twin is my choice also. Yeah, that is. Is the, that the same motor they're putting in all the 
700 yes. Yamahas now? Yes. Same yeah. motor? Yeah, FZ700. Yeah, FZ700. Yeah, yeah. FZ yeah. 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 FZ yeah. 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 that's a twin. Yes. That's a twin. The twin. Double. The 700 is twin. Yeah. But the 09 is a triple, right? Exactly. So it's the same motor they're putting in everything, much like Honda did with the NCX. I love that. I However, love that Yamaha likes to go like, "Yeah, we're making a triple. Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember when we made that XS seven hundred and fifty, and we made that as a triple? Yeah, we're doing it again. We're yeah, just going to keep making triples. Yeah. The word that I keep reading about in the reviews with yeah. with that bike is tractable. It's, ah, it's interesting. A nice package with the inline twin. Mm-hmm. It's There's that horsepower nice package again. It's a nice, <laughs> Pete's got a nice package. <laughs> horsepower you can put on the ground. It's it's usable. It's not too much, but it's more than enough. Yeah. And I think I think they've hit the sweet spot. Yeah. And do you recall what the horsepower was on that bike? I do not. I, well, I can tell well, you that the FZ07 is in that 63 to 70 horsepower. Okay. Category. So it's got to be around so, there. Yeah. It's right where it yeah. should be. Yeah. You know, the uh, that's I've ridden a bunch of the FZ07s and I like them. Oh yeah. I love riding the FZ07s. They're fun bikes. They ride nice. They ride real nice. They're very usable in power. They're Good bike. Yeah. Amanda, our yeah. friend Amanda, raves about hers. Yeah, they're good. They're, everybody seems to like them. I know they bumped the shiver up to 900 cc's. Mm-hmm. And it's, now it's putting out 95 horsepower, 95 which horsepower. they yeah. said the 750 was putting out, although yeah. it was only putting out 75. Right. Yeah, it's one of those, oh, yeah. look, the lies we told you four years ago, we're making them true. That's it. We're going to bring it, we're going to finally get up to our standards of advertising. See, I, I thought that was the case anyway because yeah. they did a comparison of the mana and the shiver right and they said that the mana keeps up with the shiver right easily yeah every review i've ever yeah every and, review i've ever read has said that the guys riding the mana have no problem keeping up with or pulling away in some situations from guys on shivers and even in, on the track it's exactly they yeah. turn in the same times yeah so i would uh, say that the united states has just not shown its love for those Aprilia, not monster 1,000cc sport bikes, the the Shiver, I have seen that bike being offered to me on, you know, hey, it's three years old, but it's still in the crate. Take three of them, and I'll give them to you for five grand a piece kind of deals. Um, I've seen that deal thrown in front of my face so many times that I'm sitting there in, like, Capo Nords and all kinds of, like, Aprilia is very aggressive. Piaggio USA is very aggressive with their dealers. They don't want the old inventory hanging around in crates, and they really, really, really try to get us to buy it. And they're very generous with their discounts on those machines. And that's why we get the Manus, the Manus as cheap as we did. But fuck, man. This should be a good deal on Shivers in this year for well, the 750s, I th- right? I think maybe they're, they're out because one of the last auctions I participated in, they had like 26 of them to get oh. rid of. And they blasted through them, and the the price just kept getting lower, lower, and lower, and it got to the point where it was almost obscene. And I wish I had known. But the qu- well, you know, <laughs> the, the real thing with that is, I almost wonder though, is you know, here's here's the guy that's a Piaggio USA dealer, right? But I'm still going to tell you, is that the bike that I want to use as a daily? Do I want a daily on that bike when? I don't even send my guys to training on that fucking yeah. bike, right? Our guys are not going to California to get the full Aprilia class because we don't sell RSVs. We don't sell Medias. We don't sell Capo North. So, you know, we don't sell those bikes, and there aren't any of them in Cleveland in any number to justify me mm-hmm. taking 
Johnny Chrome and sending him to a two-week course so he can learn all the things yeah. that are going to break on it. Well, and you, you know? really can you really buy one to go across the country? Right. Because so today I was on the website and yeah. I looked at. Okay, so if I'm going to Yellowstone, thanks, fuckers. <laughs> by the and my bike breaks down in Yellowstone. Yeah. Where, where's the closest dealer? Washington State. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like hire a transport company and transport oh, to Washington to get a fix? So there's like should. there's no support for it. Be That's like, bad enough so, in the BMW community. Sometimes yes, it it, you know you don't have a dealer right. might be 500 miles away or something. I can right. only imagine on something any more exotic there is than that. The the reason that Harley <laughs> David, the reason I hear this every day. Remember, we sell Moto Guzzi's. So the people that come into our shop are predisposed to V-Twins, mm-hmm. and a lot of people that come in here, they, they, they're like, yeah, man, but on my Harley, there's a dealer on every corner. And I go, well, that's, you might need it. <laughs> right? If I need a T-shirt, I know where I can get one. <laughs> I can get a do-rag in any city. Any city in America. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Do you, know, do you buy a vehicle because there's a huge dealer support structure around that vehicle, or do you buy a vehicle that's good enough that it doesn't need a huge dealer support structure. Um, I don't fucking know because every time you hear a great story about I've got 300,000 miles on my Aprilia, that's great. But then you hear a story about I've got 1,200 miles on my Aprilia, it's been back to the dealer five times. Yeah. So it's very difficult to judge. You know, people rap, You know, people rave about the awesome trips and the millions of miles they've gone on BMWs. But if you look at Consumer Reports... Nobody's had more warranty claims than BMW. Nobody's had more recalls than BMW. And that's why I like my Hondas. You know, do, do, I feel safe on a Honda. I feel like I'm going to get there. Yeah, and I'm going to get back. Yeah. Well, that's, and I have to a, worry about her breaking. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was my last you know what I was joking the other day when I said it's my last trip of the year was that 70 degree day we had Monday or what have you, and I had the PC 800 out. And I rode around all goddamn day. I did all my errands on a PC-800. Loves me filled some up PC. both saddlebags. What's that? I loves me some PC. I loves me some PC. <laughs> <laughs> I love mine, too. I do love me some PC. And you know what? It was, it was exactly what it needed to be. And by the time I got done, it went from 68 degrees or 65 degrees to 41 degrees. And it was pouring sleet, sideways rain by the time I got home. And you know what? That motorcycle did everything I needed to do all day long. And my last 45 minutes were in a driving rain, miserable, cold as fuck. And the PC was the right bike because when I got home, I was still dry. Yeah, that's sleep today. As long as I stopped, and as long as I never stopped moving. The sleep hurt so much. I, and today I was riding, and the sleep really hurt. Yeah, it came in like 4 this afternoon yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, and that's just one of those things where it's like, Sometimes, you know what the PC needs? A total fucking makeover. The PC needs to be modernized. Because I don't know if there's a motorcycle like that right now. But I can tell you, I don't care if there's a motorcycle like that right now. Because the one I've got works great. So I don't need a $12,000, 2016 version of that bike. When the $3,000, 1989 version of that bike is still kicking much ass. Yeah. That 800, though, does... There, there's a sweet spot at, at 800 cc's with a twin. I don't know what it is, yeah, but know. there's a sweet spot. Like, the Kawasaki... If your goal you is know, sensory deprivation, things, you have arrived. You know? If, <laughs> if your goal well, is... I'm saying it's unobtru- I mean, it's the most it unobtrusive, unobtrusive right. engine yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. I can concur with you 
riding the BMW F800. The F800, yeah. Which is a twin. Yeah. Um, granted, it's a Chinese motor. I yeah. realize that. But that it's motor, a great motor, it was phenomenal as far as the power that it gives you, yeah. the lightweight. You mean the, the 800 650, the 650 800, the 800 650, the 650 800, depending on which bike you buy? No, the 650 is a single. 800 is a twin. Yeah, but wasn't, no, that was the there's other a, one. There was a 700. The, I love the one where it was an 800, but they named it a 650 to fit into the class. Right. That, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that was a 650-700 debacle, but yeah. then the 800 was a twin. Yeah, the 800 was a twin, yeah. 650 and 700 were both singles. Mm-hmm. But but I think there's certain yeah. displacements of motors that are just like, always right, like yeah. the karma's good on them. Yeah. And there's some that are bad, like 650s. That F800's a fantastic I don't know what it is about a 650. Yeah. I do not like 650s. <laughs> You're talking about a single. No, like a or a, a twin. twin, like an XS six fifty. Yeah, okay. I don't know what it I is about like six KLR six fifty Kawasaki, which is yeah. a, a yeah. great motor, but I'm not a fan of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I, that's but you know, you have like uh, like a a four cylinder four hundred. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are great motors. I think they're great. They're motors. great motors, but but they, I mean, they don't I've been the riding power them for a long time, and yeah. they do not have enough torque. Right. <laughs> there is no displacement for torque. Well, I ride, mean, with no a, ride a Goldwing with a bunch of Harley guys yeah. up and down hills, yeah. and you're shifting all the time. Yeah. And they're I'm, just lugging along. When I'm riding my, happy my CB400F, I really, really need to be the only person I'm riding with. Yeah. Because I get the enjoyment out of it. I forget how slow I'm going. And I'm having fun cornering and leaning and having a great time. And then somebody comes alongside of me. <laughs> On you know a VT eleven hundred shadow you with know how fast you were going? extremely fat wife on the back or whatever <laughs> seven miles an hour <laughs> two hundred pounds of luggage and he walks me through a set of curves. Let me interject right there. That's yeah. pure riding enjoyment. Yeah. When, when you're in tune with the bike. Yeah. Like I'd rather drive like say a Mazda Miata fast right. than drive a Chevy Corvette slow right. or a Porsche. Yeah. And yeah. when you're on that perfect bike driving yeah. the perfect perfect ride, right. no matter how fast you're going. Right. That's worthwhile. I don't care. Yeah. If I don't realize how slow I'm going, Who's that's awesome. Me? Right. That's great, man. That's pure riding enjoyment. Yeah. And if you. I can feel like I'm Ricky Racer, when I leave the when I would leave the place and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I look down, I'm going 42. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's all right, man, because I'm not going to get any tickets today. Mm. The problem is when you're with a whole bunch of other people that all go, oh, it's a group ride. Warp Factor 7. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then you're going, wish I had more motorcycle. And then yeah. you got the guy who's like, I'm never going to touch the brakes because I don't want the guy to know I'm slowing down through the curves. I'm secretly approaching a turn. Yeah. I'm like, dude, have you ever heard about BIT? They're like, what? Brake light in the turn, man. Brake light in the turn. Load up your brakes. Trail braking. They're like, no, man, no. You touch your brakes in a corner, you'll die. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. No, we proved that wrong like 20 years you'll ago. Die. Yeah. We proved that Instantly. wrong 20 years ago. Yeah, if you're on the grass, sure. Don't touch your brakes in a turn on the grass. But as long as you're on the road, go ahead. Use your front brake. Load up your suspension a little bit. Your contact patch will thank you. You know, you you do not need to coast through every fucking corner. Yeah. I've ridden a lot of those guys when you're riding on a road that you're not real familiar with, but they live there and they've never touched their brakes since the 70s ever. <laughs> And so you're trying to... Well, you don't hang. want to put them on and have them stick. Yeah, you're trying to hang with these guys, right? And you're like, all right, cool. All right. His brake light must be burned out. There's just no way. Because right. every time yes. we come into a corner, I'm at maximum pucker factor. You know, I am on the line. 
because I'm not familiar with this particular corner, and he didn't even give me a little courtesy tap of the brake to let me know <laughs> that there's some shit, you know? This is, you're about to get fucked up, man. Yeah. And that's when, that's when small bikes are great, is when you're having, you know. Yep. There's nothing around here that we ride on a daily basis that makes you go, I'd really like to have a small GP-style bike, you know? Yeah. Not much. Trip from my house to yours. Yeah, you've made it fun. It's pretty you've fun. Picked, I'm in. Yeah, you've picked Metro the route. Parks. And but the Metro Park is seriously, if you're going over forty five in the Metro Parks, you are putting your license in severe oh, jeopardy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I say it's, it's not fun to go call, slow though. It's I mean. not what they call under patrolled. <laughs> yeah. It is not a wasteland of cops. Once you what what you just said, once you learn the corners and you can yeah. just yeah, it's really fun. You know? I love it. And then yeah. it's it's also interesting because you ride along and you see all the single, single black mark skid marks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right okay. in the middle of the decreasing radius turn by Wallace Lake. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a decreasing shoot, radius shoot. turn right there, and you see these laser beams of asphalt markings. <laughs> You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! That black stripe goes all the way to the point of impact. The so one set though, right by. Uh, Right where you go under 480. Yeah, There's I, think, zigzag, that, I zigzag. think the best section though is like right Cedar Point yeah. Road South. to mm. to uh, what's that Barrett Road. Yeah, those like are that, all great. That is the yep. best it's, section. That's though. the best yep. set of roads for considering where we are in the world. That's a great combination of roads. If it was 60 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, like if, if you curve and a half with a, with a dip in it. And yeah, a, there's a river for well, nothing says you can't do 60 miles. I usually try when we're doing group rides because I'll, yeah. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll get out in front of the pack and I'll be leading the pack and I'll go 60 you know, miles. The only problem is that right in yeah. the middle of that yeah. road is that crossroad that yeah. people always are going across. You're well, coming around that bend and, and the people have, are coming right out in yeah. front of you. So We need to get our group to go over the east side more because everything around uh, the Arboretum. All that Sperry Road stuff. Oh, Sperry Road's awesome. Everything over there is beautiful. And that's great. 74 is great, too. Should as long as we get yeah, people okay. to drive an extra half an hour to get to where we're going to start, then it's fine. Then we are rewarded by some amazing roads and epic scenery. 60 is great. There, I'm, I ride south, around. The, the, I've, taken West the Virginia. From, I've taken that from Vermilion all the way to the Ohio River. Yeah. Really? That's nice, yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good run. Then you come up, you can go up 7, or you can go through uh, that, what was that, Wayne State Park? or, or Wayne? Oh, on 26 out there? Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Actually, that's last, like, this past <laughs> summer I was down there on Route 26, Yeah. and I ran into some guys that were from uh, Band Camp. Oh God! They were, really? They, they oh, knew you. Cool. I threw. They were on Vespas. They yeah. were beside the road, and yeah. I, I pulled over and said, "Hey, you guys need some help? You guys broke down or whatever?" And they, were, they were on some kind of scavenger hunt. Yep, there was a scavenger. And hunt. then I yep. said, "It's like, yeah." This I said, "Do you guys know Phil from part of Cleveland?" They're like, "Oh fuck yeah, they did." Yeah. <laughs> He's back at the rally site, <laughs> naked, drinking <laughs> a cocktail, <laughs> crashing somebody else's bike. I'm sure. Jousting. Yeah, jousting. <laughs> I forgot to tell you about that. That was that was. That's a good time, man. That's one yeah, of those rallies back you got to get June to. This year He's jousting with tiki drinks. You should have done that. You, you need to come to band. I get it. Yeah, I love there. it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, every year I say I'm going to go and I never make oh, it. I've never so made it. Go. Stupid. I've never had the proper iron to go down there. I did. No, that's the trick. Is you don't need. If you have anything... I don't want to show up on my BMW wearing my Aero Stitch or something at a scooter rally. You know? you no, one would, no one would give but a But I shit. would more recommend to just throw something stupid in the back of the bus. Yeah. Yeah, and then ride your BMW down there, okay. and then just jump on your little, you know, your stupid thing, and ride that around for the weekend. Yeah. You know? 
That's, you know, don't you, something that you wouldn't want to try to ride there on and throw it in the back of the bus. Don't you have one of those little suitcase bikes? Yeah, I do. Got a couple of them. Huh? Yeah, I got a couple of them. He's got a ruckus. That ruckus should, should bring them. Exactly. The ruckus is the band camp transportation system. Okay. You can drive that with a cocktail in your hand. I'll show up on the ruckus. Yeah, that's exactly you it. Got a cup holder. Yeah, and ride the ruckus <laughs> all the way from here to band camp. 35 miles an hour. I'll show up on my Whoa. ruckus naked. Will I qualify? <laughs> yeah. Or at least in a suit. Pete, you'd fit right in. They'll be like, welcome, ma'am. At least at least in a suit. nice package. Hey, so before we wrap up the podcast, we have a challenge so um this year dun, i made dun, it dun. i put it in my head that i want to participate in the ims the international motorcycle show here in cleveland the problem is the booth space is really fucking expensive okay unless you're a club if you're a club then you can get some booth space they'll, they'll donate some booth space to you because they want to promote the idea of club you know motorcycle stuff we don't really have a club. And then we tried one year. We called it Cleveland Moto. It's a club, and we set it up. We welcomed people to bring their other bikes into our booth, and that's fine. But they did one second worth of homework and realized that Cleveland Moto, <laughs> although we did originate as a bit of a club, turned into a business, and they were like, you lied to us. You're not really a club. You're selling T-shirts. In but don't we get press credentials? We get press credentials, but that doesn't get us a booth. The reason we want to have the booth is we want to be able to share the thing, right? What about Red Riders? Well, we need to. Yeah, and Chris Smith better bring us another, like, find, find the uh, White Castles that he brought last oh, night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> so what I was thinking like, was, it might be cases. fun. I was trying to think of a club that we could invent. Um, <clears throat> a, a, you realize you're giving this away right now. Yeah, yeah well, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we um, do have right. that one Facebook page, the Tribe of the Non-Douchebag, Non-douchebag Motorcycle Enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we really? if we send a club application to the people that run the IMS uh, show, that they might look at and say the Tribe of Non-Douchebag Motorcycle Enthusiasts, that's a little too on the nose. They might not go, <laughs> let's give these guys a booth. So what I was thinking is, if we came up with something that was like the, you know, historical European motorcycle consortium of a Cleveland or Conservatory. Ohio. Right, exactly. So something that gives... come up with a smarmy acronym, though. Yeah, but that's know. where I'm going for. I want okay. the acronym to be really, really fuck-withable. Like, okay. I really want the acronym. So okay, this is so our... So we have historical, H. But this is what we're saying. This is we're going to give this job to our podcast yeah. listeners to come up with, something. Come up with something. It has yeah. to sound, when, I'm, when we say it, you know, like they said... If you ever watch a TV show, Shield, and they're like, that's an acronym, and they're like, yeah, they were trying really hard to make it say Shield. Yeah. You know, they were working overtime to make these all these words fucking round to get together and make shit. So I would like the same thing. That's the game we're going to play between now and when we meet up next time. I want you guys to take your um, your entries for this contest and write them on a twenty dollar bill and send them to <laughs> clevelandmoto at gmail dot com. No, just send it that way. If they no. don't believe the club right. thing, we can just buy the booth. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is like that was like NPR stolen all the time. from yeah. 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 How about the foreign undertaking for cycles and uh, carts? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Right. So this is what we're talking about. Now, remember, the goal of this is that it's got to get past. And I don't want to say it's got to get past the censors. It needs to get past the people that make the decision to go, oh, it should be marginally believable. Marginally believable. Marginally. Yeah, I'd like marginally. to find an anacronym that somehow... Right. An anacronym. <laughs> I'm all about a good anacronym. Well, isn't that what it's called? An acronym. Acronym. An acronym. An acronym. An acronym. <laughs> Two words hiding in there. So, yeah. Um, 
But I'd, I'd like to find one that spells out He-Man. He-Man would be a good one, yeah. Because you got M for motorcycle. Uh, enthusiasts. H. Motorcycles. So and, uh, um, our friends from, our friend Larry and Adri from BCF, yeah. British Classics, the British Classic, British Cycle Factory BCF guys, um, they want to do this too. So they, they want to get on the booth with us. So and we love those guys. They're fantastic. And so think about what's going to be in the booth. There's going to be some Motoguzzi's in there. There's going to be some. So it's going and there's going to be some British bikes in there. Yep, nice classic. So we so we already got British and we got Italian. So we might even want to do something with like you know bangers and mash or some like some you know we could even incorporate that kind of thing. Italian food, <clears throat> coffee, espresso, whatever the fuck I don't know. But Chris can do right. charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, and charcuterie club. <laughs> but anything that we can do, people listen to the podcast will know. Uh, but the idea is we wanted to make it completely marketable and believable. It's got to be believable. But also, that eyebrow raise that you just gave me is exactly what we want people to do. Okay. That's the face we want. We want them to walk past the sign and go, because, you know, above the booth, they give you a little thing. They give you a little placard yep. that yep. says the name of your group, right? And you know it always you know for years it said Pride of Cleveland Scooters and after that it says Cleveland Moto right. Yep. So yep. it's going to say that above the booth, and I would like it really good if people walked by and went the you know the club and they went, huh, and they would get that look on their face like they just smelled something terrible when they realize that acronym spells something ridiculous. That acronym says fuck it. Right. Whatever. So. Yeah. That's our goal. That's our goal. That's our goal. Right. We can do slightly subversive. Right. We we can do mash motorcycles and sausage history. Yeah. (laughs) And just have Chris right serving sausage. Well, this is the goal. He'll bring every homeless person he finds into the booth. (laughs) (laughs) Like like last year when he was talking to these drunk laying on the. Talking to the guy about church. I've never seen anybody get so fucked up at a motorcycle show. It's a goddamn motorcycle show. What was the booth where the girls were just like, get him away? BMW. Oh, it was BMW? BMW. They came. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was Victory. Victory. Oh, yeah, Victory. That's right. That was Victory. BMW elected the kind of good looking one to come up and throw us off. BMW is where they kicked us out of their their atrium or their their elevated tower. We need an elevated tower. We need to build it. The BMW guard tower? No, we need to build yeah. Just the club. A, BMW a, had their like fucking Auschwitz thing set up with the camps and the gunners and shit. We just barbed need wire. to fortify this like right. this time. Yeah, so they can't get us out. But yeah, when we were over there talking to Jackie Van Ham and all the Victory and Indian girls, um, spokes ladies, uh, I think that Chris just thought pretty girls. And they're talking to me. Game on. Yeah. And he just had enough liquid encouragement at that point to think that they were talking to him because he was charming, as opposed to it's their fucking job. Well, they needed right. a lobster bib to keep the drool off. Yeah, he was. He was. It was hard to make him break eye contact. It was very oh, hard we, to get him to. Disengage. We had to pry him away from the one guy oh. that he was sitting there, sitting there for like twenty minutes well, talking start about rumors. <laughs> they, they, were, they were talking about sausage. They were talking about sausage. Yeah, yeah. the whole time they're talking about sausage. <laughs> they were locked in a gaze talking about meat in yeah. a tube. But he was in the like semi reclined <laughs> position. Yeah. Whoa, easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was very much. He was very much in the corner. So that's the goal. If you guys send your ideas to clevelandmoto at gmail.com um, I'll come up with some kooky prize for whoever wins, and you'll you'll like it. And then, but if we do this. Um, here's the good news. The good news is we're going to want to have T-shirts. Probably going to want to have stickers. Um, we're going to want to make this thing as legitimate. We do, okay. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Right? <laughs> well, you know a guy. Right. And then you have a place to hang out when you come exactly. to the show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be our base camp. If we can get that set up, then we'll have a base camp. And also, uh, that's good for people who are in the Cleveland area. If you do want to maybe sneak your bike into the show, they usually give us passes to get it. the goal for this. Here's the trick is if you can make this believable, here's what you get. If you make it believable, they usually give you enough space, like the Vintage Japanese Motorcycle Club, to get in about seven or ten bikes. That's a pretty decent piece of real estate. Uh, if you make it believable enough, that's your reward. You got a place to hang out. You got a nice corner to hide your VIP. Yeah, you got a nice place to hide your beers. You got a nice place to generally put your shit. Um, we might even be able to get some passes out of the deal. Do you think we could set up a barbecue grill? Not in there. <laughs> <laughs> if it was outside, infrared. Yeah. Right outside. Electrical? Yeah. Electrical. Yeah, you can do an infrared one. That's right. <laughs> I'm Ron Popeil. I'm surprised you don't have an infrared grill. I set don't. it and forget it, brother. Set it and forget it. Just put a chicken in there, set it and forget it. The uh, Yep. And just watch the power in the whole building go dim. But that's the plan. Come up with a dopey idea. Come up with something that... Remember, the acronym... Not a dopey idea, a dope idea. A dope idea. That sounds so bad when somebody your age says that. Or Brown. Men of a certain age are not allowed to use certain phrases anymore. I, I'm definitely... Yeah. Oh, my niece and nephew were trying to explain to me what dabbing was. And I was like... I'm familiar with the marijuana is culture. Is it some kind of drug or is it this? It was this. a thing where they like they they like yeah they put their nose on their forearm or something called that's, dabbing. I don't know what that is. My son said that yeah. the other day, and I'm like, I'm I know the yeah. other meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, right? uh, yeah I was yeah. going to say your niece and nephew are not old enough. Oh, to know 11, yeah. <laughs> when, when an eleven year old talks, starts talking about oh well, they're, all the guys are just dabbing now. I'm like, oh, you're eleven years old. All the guys are dabbing. We have a problem. We need to talk. <laughs> and then you realize no, they're just talking about some fucked up dance move. So. That, that is by the way, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. This year, too, at Progressive, apparently we've got the report from the Long Beach show, or the first show, yep. that the IMS, there again, Progressive is doing the uh, barbershop theme, the hipster grooming center theme that we did that they did before. they got a Ural set up with uh, the shoe shine in the barbershop. You can, you know, set up in there. And then they got all the, oh, just like it was last year, I assume. I assume they're going to run with the same format they had last year. So remember, don't do any of your personal grooming. Prior to the show, get shower early and make them do it. You're saying I'll shave my ass? Well, I don't know how far they're going to go with the manscaping, <laughs> right? Yeah. How about a little? How about a little trim and a bowl polish there, huh? <laughs> While well, you're my, down there, my bullets are a little rough. Do I get a happy ending? <laughs> Can we? Yeah. Pay, pay a special attention to the grease trap, and I believe I've got some sand in my float bowl. So, <laughs> that's where we're that's where we're gonna get the best uh that's where you get the real value for your money and you know flow you know flow's paying for it so that's the that's the game they won't even let you pay those people for cutting your hairs well then. so it's a good game really, anybody else to, got anything else you don't have to pay for that no it's fucking free man Holy and that's shit. why you do it early like when we're doing like the build-in thing on friday yeah and they haven't really thrown the gates open to the regular savages yet that's when it's good to get over there and get in line first <laughs> to get your, you know, your your Fermundas waxed or whatever you're going to get done. The, oh, yeah. uh, you know, get your eyebrows trimmed up. The, uh, get, in Steve's yeah. case, they're going to look at Steve and just be like, 
Fuck, I quit. I know. <laughs> this this German, has, it's the German. This I'm man sorry. has hair coming from everywhere. <laughs> sir, would you those. like us to leave it as a single, or do you want two? <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. You're gonna braid his eyebrow hair. Gonna braid his ear hair. I'm getting so, old. Gonna look like a fucking pirate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, guys, got anything else? Um, I got nothing. Fuck right. it. That's a podcast. Drive fast and take chances. Press the button. This is just for you, Liza. 